Welcome to episode nine of Sweatpants and Coffee Stains. I am so excited. This guest, y'all, is one of my closest friends, and you will have no doubt as to why I made her be my friend after you listen to this episode. She is full of grace and energy and positivity, and I am so excited that she chose our podcast to share her story about her faith journey and to share more about her journey towards finding her purpose. So dig in, get comfy, get your cup of coffee or hot tea and sit back, enjoy this next hour because I can promise you, you're going to be encouraged by our guest, Ruthie Noel on this next episode of Sweatpants and Coffee Stains. Let's dive in. Hi, Ruthie. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're going to have so much fun in this episode. I don't think our listeners really know what to expect. Um, Everybody I've had on so far has been an acquaintance or a work colleague or someone that I've become friends with, um, which has been amazing. But you're really the first person in my inner circle that I've had. So this could go a multitude of different ways, but we're just going <laughs> to let it happen. <laughs> I am honored and will do my best to behave. But as we have discussed, <laughs> stay real because the mess is real. And that's where, you know, where God's glory gets like gets the glory. <laughs> yes. through our best, right? <laughs> Speaking of real, I'm loving the sweatshirt that says babe, like straight up just babe. <laughs> So I have this sweatshirt. It's the Barbie font, but it is just, so yeah, just babe. And it was a gift. I will say I did not like see this in the store. Mm-hmm. Be like, yep, that's me. Um, but I do. I love it. It's so comfy. And we've got our tea and yes, our cheers. sweaters. Cheers. I know. That. I know. We're on a podcast about coffee and sweatpants, and we're in sweatpants, but we're drinking hot tea because it's late and we don't need caffeine. <laughs> Amen to that. Yep. yep. We got to rest after this. But something, something warm and cozy. Okay. So I feel like there's a thousand places we could start and a thousand different directions we could go in. But I think what I want to start with is your journey prior to Pensacola and what brought you here. Oh, wow. Hmm. How much time do we have? <laughs> uh, so... I will say that I grew up not far from Pensacola, just a couple hours east over in Walton County in like the 30A Mm. area. Now it's known. Um, Back then, it was unknown. There was not a lot going on over there. And it was just this tiny little beach town. And um, I loved growing up there. It's beautiful. And I also could not wait to get away. I was one of those, you know, small town girl trying to make it out to a big city somewhere else. And um, before Pensacola, most immediately, I have been in Colorado. So I was out there for almost three years. I loved it. Even though I grew up at the beach, I love the beach. The mountains are so special to my heart. Mm. I just love the energy. Um, It's 300 days of sunshine per year in Denver. Like it's just, I know you were recently in Colorado and did not have the most amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I was my first experience out there. I can speak to everything you just said about the energy and the beauty and just God's glory. 
it's just absolutely breathtaking. Um, but yes, first skiing trip got overly confident, like I tend to do. Enneagram one right here. Um, and within the first two hours of skiing, sprained my ankle and was out for the rest of the week that we had already paid for. So it's fine. So yeah, sad. I know. Right? We have to just be like, okay, that's in the past. Moving on, but right. But my um, consolation prize was staying in the cabin in the middle of the woods with a fireplace and a book and everybody waiting on me and a baby that was like two months old. So like, I was perfectly fine. Please don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> right? You're like, actually, yeah. this is nicer than getting like snow in my pants yes. and falling yeah. off the lift or something like that. Right. Um, so three years in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved every minute. Um, however, I knew that Florida was calling me back. Um, I So I, you know how some people take a gap year like after high school and mm-hmm. then a week to go to college? Well, I took a gap year in the middle of my undergraduate okay. degree, unconventional. Um, but I had, I was like two and a half, three years into my undergraduate degree when I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. The economy had bottomed out. It was like 07, mm. 08 era and mm. I was racking up student loans. And that's when I was like, you know what? Hard pause on school and everything else. Um, and that's when I moved out there and I was working as a nanny and I was working in a restaurant, but I knew I needed to finish this degree. And um, Pensacola was calling my name because it is as far north and west in the state of Florida as you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And my, my plan, I had a, a Bright Future Scholarship here in Florida, and my plan was to get to UWF, University of West Florida, go Argos. Mm-hmm. And um, I would not have said that back then, if you asked me. I just wanted to finish my undergrad and get back to Denver. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're so old. We are getting old. And I'm, you know what? I'm loving it, honestly. Yeah. So much more peaceful than uh, my twenties were adventurous, that's for sure. But I am loving life so much more now, and that really is kind of when the whole journey, I think, started for me. It felt like I was moving home, quote unquote. I had honestly, I came back to Florida feeling like a failure. I had mm-hmm. lived these other places before Colorado. I was actually in Baltimore. Um, I have connections, family in Nashville, New York. Like I felt like I had been these other places and coming back to Florida was not um, a success parade in my own estimation. In fact, when I got home and was, had moved back and I would run into people, um, you know, at the grocery store or something and they're like, Oh, how long are you in town for? I was not honest. I just, Mm. I did not tell people that I had moved back. I just said, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how long I'm here for. We'll see. Uh, Knowing full well that, I had, I had come back. I just, I felt like I had made it out and I Mm. couldn't hack it and I had to come back, which in retrospect was probably, is absolutely God's doing. And one of the best things um, that could have happened because the person who talked me into coming back was my grandmother and she's Mm -hmm. now 94. She's in her eighties back then. And um, she called me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I am, I'm working as a nanny. I'm working in a restaurant. I'm working really hard and I love it out here. I'm still hoarding all the time. And she said, you need to finish your degree. Mm. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I started, <laughs> started making arrangements. And so, mm. you know, when your grandmother tells you mm-hmm. that's what you need to do, um, I at least was wise enough to not to argue and, and yeah. come on back. 
So I will say like coming back to Pensacola, um, or coming to Pensacola, I had not really spent a lot of time here, even though I grew up not that far away. I didn't spend a lot of time here. There wasn't a lot happening that I knew of in Pensacola. And so again, I was just like, okay, head down, get this degree, and then um, I can get back west. And I ended up, I did finish, I transferred into UWF, finished my undergrad, decided just to roll straight into a graduate program. And um, because I loved it, and I totally did not expect to love the University of West Florida. What were you studying at the time? I was studying psychology. So okay. I had elementary education my whole life long, all the way through, and then changed. So that was the other thing when I came back um, and got back to school. I said, I'm, I want to do something different. And so I did my undergrad in psychology. And that is why I stayed for grad school. Because mm. then I found out, you know, um, if you have an undergrad in psychology, it doesn't really qualify you for a lot. But mm. um good good opportunity just to keep going i love school is something mm -hmm. else i loved college and i loved same learning and reading and i miss yeah. it every day no. <laughs> yeah it's hard well, to probably get a lot of reading in with a newborn huh <laughs> well she's not a newborn anymore no now she's big now she's almost seven months oh my um, goodness so big but yeah so when we uh or when i you know showed back up and was studying psychology and had this opportunity to stay um, I loved my professors. I loved mm. my cohort, like the people that were in my classes. I think too, I had grown up a lot in those kind of intervening years. You know, I wasn't just 18 or 19 in college anymore. I was a little bit older, mm. appreciated, um, the investment, like that I, even on a scholarship, there were still costs associated and I was responsible for those. Um, yeah. So when I, and I, uh, stayed through and got, you know, got, got finished with the master's degree or was almost finished with my master's degree. And I was getting ready to leave again. In fact, I had an internship lined up in New York and I had family up there and was just about packing up and ready to go. And yet again, the, the recurring theme here is every time I make a plan, God <laughs> thankfully intervenes and changes, just changes my direction. So um, I ended up not leaving at that point when I was finishing grad school, surprised everybody, including myself saying, you know what? I think I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna make Pensacola home. And I started looking for a job. And that was probably around the time that we met when okay. I was getting, you know, Pensacola Young Professionals, we were PYP together and, um, you know, started looking around beyond the university and saying, what is going mm -hmm. on in this town? What's going on in this community? And I thought, oh, you know, I got lucky with UWF. I liked it a lot more than I thought. I had no idea I was going to fall completely in love with this place and the people yeah. here. But it is special. And I love that it's we're both very... not from here. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And we're lucky to be here. And I think I've just met some of the coolest, most engaged people are the ones who know they're not going to stay here forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks volumes about how special this little place is. Yes, I agree. Okay, so going back to your um, revelation about those different times in your story where you can clearly see God saying, okay, Ruby, you're not leaving this area, you're not leaving this area, you're not leaving this area. During those times, you were not a believer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but now you look back on those times and you can say for certain that there's evidence that it was all according to God's plan. So tell us a little bit about what that's like to then go back through 
your journey and realize all the times that God was being so evident in his pursuit of you, but you didn't know exactly that that's what was taking place. Oh gosh. It's kind of one of those things like where you get to the end of the movie with the plot twist and you think back and you're like, how did I not see that? How did I not know? And um, that's absolutely the case for me. I, you know, just felt like my life was seemingly so random and I just liked adventures and was, you know, pretty open to just like, sure, I'll move here. I'll, you know, go to the next place or take the next job. Or, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of intention Mm -hmm. in what I was doing. And so, yeah, thank goodness for God's grace uh, moving me right along through the chapters. It, it is just nothing short of amazing to look back and see the different ways God moved. Um, Also a lot of times where it was not subtle it was loud it was very obvious (laughs) and um you know just like if you had a toddler running into traffic you would yank them back big deal of it right you're not just Mm -hmm. gonna gently nudge them yeah I was the toddler and life was the traffic and God was just like I'm gonna move you right over Mm -hmm. here now and um of course I'm I'm so grateful and just the most amazing thing to me is the way God shows up for us, of course, in the form of people, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily um, angels and trumpets descending from above, although that could happen too. Um, But for me, it was just the right people saying, sometimes it was just a line or two or a word or two, speaking a word into my life that laid the groundwork. And you are absolutely one of those people, Sarah, in my life who I didn't even know at the time. You never do, right? Just... Mm -hmm. For those of us who didn't grow up in the faith, um, finding when faith finds you, it really truly really is that. I did not go looking. Um, I was the one, and Jesus left the nine and nine. It was like, then you need to come join. Um, so it was just really, really incredible. And there were definitely moments where, to, you know, maybe at the time felt like doors were closing. Mm-hmm. You know, where I didn't make this move, or I didn't buy this house, or, um, you know, I'm not really shy about saying I had a starter marriage and Mm. that too, I believe was part of God's plan because when I made the decision to stay in Pensacola, it was because I had gotten engaged. And if that had just been a, um, just like, you know, boyfriend or someone else casually dating and didn't have these more permanent plans at the time, permanent, um, I wouldn't have stayed. And it turned out that this is exactly where I was supposed to be. And and that was exactly how it had to happen uh, for me to get to what I like to call like uh, the my the real plan right. for, for my life, which is absolutely what I feel like I'm living now. And I still will just wake up some days and it, it feels like a fairy tale and it is all God's doing because again, it just, there were times where it happened so fast. It was like, I couldn't right. have planned this. I didn't work hard to get here or like move through very deliberate steps. It was absolutely the grace of God just saying like, this is where you need to be right now, go get there. And I think 2019 was definitely one of those times. Like 2020, of course, for all of us was just, you know, unprecedented is the word. 
for me, that started almost a full year earlier. Like 2019 was the year of the most absolute rapid fire change I'd ever experienced. And uh, my, yeah, you remember we did power sheets that year? Yes. Oh my gosh. I still love the concept of power sheets. I am just not consistent enough to keep up with them. <laughs> Well, and I had printed them all off and then ended up as just funny. Everything I wrote down in pen went out the window. So I yeah. was almost like, okay, okay, here I go again with my little plan. But my word that year was momentum. And I remember it, that it was everything. And that I, you know, came to this word and I thought I knew what I meant by that. And God said, okay, I got you. You want some mm -hmm. momentum? Let's go. And I, yeah, I changed literally changed my destiny because that is when uh, my my now husband um, started bringing me to church uh, i changed i did change jobs that year into the pyp world and we became closer you were praying for me our other friend erica she was praying for i don't even know people were praying for me and uh it all it all came together and fell into place and i absolutely just had an encounter with the holy spirit and after that there really was you know, when you have a, a truly personal experience like that, and you're not just, well, I want to believe, or I'd like to believe, but like, now we cannot deny this. Right, right. Change the game. Yeah. It's so interesting how the Holy Spirit chooses different routes to pursue each of us. So like, you know, some people have the testimony of they were searching for something and they just were trying to find what it was that was missing in their life. And then others, it's the the mere fact of like, you didn't think anything was missing per se. Like you were just on your journey, enjoying life. You're a very intentional person, always kind of taking in your environment and your surroundings and nature and just very calm at heart, at peace with the world, despite all the craziness around you. And God's like, okay, I'm going to need to pursue this chick in order for her to truly realize that like I'm legit. <laughs> and yes. I just think it's so awesome that like that's your testimony and that you were at least at the point in your life where you were yielded and open to, and you, you're always like, it's so funny. Cause like when we first met, I think about like how close minded I was and like, how our friendship, like you became open to the Holy Spirit and I became open to like different ways of thinking and experiences and perspectives that people have and what gets people to where they're at in their journeys. And it was just like really neat to be on that with you um, and just like to see where we're at now. It's just it's just really cool. And I just want to say kudos to you for always staying yielded and just open. Like that's, that's something that for someone like me is very difficult to do. Um, and you, you seem to be a real natural at it. Well, I have to say, Sarah, that I feel exactly the same way about your friendship, opening my eyes and my heart to things that I just thought, including faith that I just thought that's nice. That's not for me. And, and again, yeah, by the time, by the time the Holy Spirit came and literally it was a whoosh in the room, it was 
a lot of our conversations um, and you not pushing anything, but just by saying like, okay, well, I'll pray for you. Or, you know, like dem just demonstrating your faith in daily life that made it seem like, oh, this, this isn't some unattainable far away thing. Like this is Sarah having a relationship with Jesus. And it was so beautiful and admirable. And again, I, I didn't think that was something that would ever be part of my life. But I think you were absolutely and still are a role model for me when it comes to faith, because mm -hmm. um, I, I remember one time we were sitting in the coffee shop downtown. And um, I think at that point, I finally had gotten to, to say, will you pray for me? And you said, yeah, and held out your hands. And I was like, oh, oh, right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> when we go home and it's time for bed and just no girlfriend. Like, nope, yes. here we go yes. right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no time to waste that. on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank, you. Thank you for that. And that has all encouraged me and helped me just, um, you know, like anywhere, everywhere. I pray most often. I feel like nowadays by myself, mm. car, wherever. But um, that just helped me set uh, a precedent of like, yeah, there it is not off limits. It's never off limits. And I think the other thing that God knew for me was that even though the love story I thought I was writing for myself was falling to pieces, um, the way that I encountered God this way the first time was through someone else's love story. So I was helping our friends, Erica and Jesse, coordinating their wedding. And little did I know, they're extremely faithful and just mm -hmm. oh, excellent examples of of you know a, a Christ-centered marriage, yes. and I was and coming. For our out. listeners, Erica was on our first episode, so if you haven't first gone episode. and listened to it, go back and listen to it because her her faith is inspiring to me as well. Oh, absolutely, yes, highly recommend. And what I did not know is that um, through their wedding planning and just the process, you know, all the details and everything that goes into that, they were praying that um you know through their journey that somebody would come to know the lord and i knew mm. every detail of that wedding inside and out the catering the length of the tablecloths what time everyone needed to be everywhere but that was the one thing that they did not tell me that they were praying for and so when it happened uh, at their rehearsal we were standing in the church and it's you know just that part where everybody knows where to line up and what time to be there and I almost dropped my clipboard. I mean, it was just, we prayed right before we went over to have their rehearsal dinner. And I absolutely encountered the Holy Spirit. Again, it was just this whoosh through the church. Mm. And I was just like, oh, that was something that even yeah. with my little open mind and, you know, the universe provides and this kind of stuff. I was like, mm, mm -mm. My, my heart was ready for something like that to happen. I guess it was finally ready. <laughs> and mm. after that, I kind of was like, okay, well, I'm going to come back to that when Erica gets back from her honeymoon, because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. she, she helped me navigate that. So it was really beautiful that, um, you know, even though for me, it kind of could have felt like the end of the world or the end of the love story, that it was through somebody mm. else's love story and seeing a good example of what a, a truly God-centered marriage should start out looking like yeah. all the way through the wedding planning process that I was then able to recognize that in my, my husband now, and we were able to do the same thing when it was our turn 
That's powerful. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And so you're in the midst of this spiritual shift in your life, like completely rerouting you on a new track. And meanwhile, you're still trying to figure out like, what is my purpose here? Like what, like obviously like God brought you and Zach together and the timing and him bringing you closer to him. But like, what, what was Ruthie's call to this community and tell us a little bit about that pursuit leading you up to where you're at today. Absolutely. So there are two things that I am super passionate about um, in just like the world. And one of them is early childhood education. And one of them is uh, like workforce development and sort of HR type um, realm of personnel selection and appraisal and um, training and development. Uh, that's what my graduate degree is really focused on. So I like the two ends of the spectrum when it comes to the workforce, the very, very early, like earth to five, and then um, like that entry level. So I would say that probably not the end, other end of the spectrum, but like entry level, people just mm -hmm. getting their first jobs, people building their resume for the first time or getting nervous for their first interview. Those are my two favorite populations of people to help. And um, what happened here is the perfect marriage of both of those things. And again, mm -hmm. I could not plan this. This is absolutely God deal. Um, but like when we met and it was through the Pensacola Young Professionals, you know, that organization exists to help develop and ultimately retain young talent here in our region because um, everyone was moving away. And here we are talking about how much we love Pensacola and it's gotten so awesome in the last like 10 to 15 years. And so here's PYP, um, just like-minded people coming together to get, um, you know, that iron sharpens iron, one of your favorite right. scriptures and how like you, you got to surround yourself with people who push you to elevate. Mm -hmm. And, and I loved that. So that was a really cool just organization to kind of happen upon and then I had the chance to lead it as the employee uh, with the, the director role, which was great. And um, one of my favorite things there was going back to the college. You know, I just remember, being, again, I was in college for a really long time and heard people from um, different walks of life that would just come in and, and tell you kind of how it really is out in the world. And I got to do that for these students um, who were maybe considering staying, maybe considering moving away. And so I felt like that was my first big important role um, for Pensacola was to advocate that people could stay here and you could find a job, you know, after you graduate college that you could get a, a, a good place to live and a good crew. Like we have, you know, yes. friends yep. who care about you. And um, I felt qualified to do that because I had studied, um, you know, in my, in my graduate degree, things like, um, professional development and leadership in organizations. And I also felt qualified to talk about it because I was the last one who wanted to stay. <laughs> right. And then who did? So like anything you might say against Pensacola, I probably thought it and got my mind changed. So like, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, nowhere's perfect, but let's talk about where people can fit in. So I felt like that was my first Thank big you. Do I hear Chase? Hi, Chase. 
What's up, buddy? How are you? About 15 minutes away from bedtime. That's how he is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he was checking on the baby. Oh. Your tongue is blue. What do you eat? A fruit roll up. Was it good? And I want another one now. I bet you do. All right. Give me a few more minutes, okay? Can I have another one? Uh, give me a second. We'll talk about it. Hey, All right. Why did you throw me off? <laughs> Okay, so you're leading Wait, Pensacola Young Professionals. Can I get this? Can I get one? Can I get like a fruit roll? So you're leading Pensacola Young Professionals, and Mama's got to do what Mama's got to do. Two fruit roll ups in one night to get ten more minutes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Absolutely, I'm here yes. for it. I would have one too. <laughs> right? I know. I know. Oh, that child. So you're leading Pensacola Young Professionals. And then? So at that point, you know, everything's just rolling right along. And um, two things happened for me in the very beginning of 2020. I did get baptized. So I did make a public declaration of faith. That was February 2nd, 2020. And then as you know, we all know, March 2020 rolls around mm -hmm. and the whole world shut down. And that was an interesting spot to be in with Pensacola Young Professionals because for me, it was my day job, but for everyone else, it's extracurricular. It's, you know, not um, exactly the top priority when the global pandemic is unfolding. So it was kind of an opportunity to pause and reflect. I think everybody had a chance to pause and reflect uh, and just kind of think through like, what is important in life, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, so many people were losing the ones they loved or getting sick themselves. It was just so scary. And it really did make you think about what uh, what on earth am I here for, which is exactly the book I reached for. So I had just gotten baptized and was really, really, really excited about um, diving into to my faith. And then the world shut down and I had all the time in the world to sit home and read. And it was pretty fantastic timing. Um, so I did get into Rick Warren's What on Earth Am I Here For? And that helped um, just mm -hmm. kind of as, as a new believer and um, with with some time on my hands now to do some reflecting. And by this point, you know, I'm 30 already. So um, it was a lot of unlearning, I think, to right. like coming into a faith-based life. And what kept calling me was that... Um, Prior to studying psychology, and I was, uh, I've always loved working with kids. I was a babysitter, a nanny, daycare, Montessori, preschool, like substitute. I taught PE one year. I'll do it. Oh, one my. Yeah, that, was a, that was a stretch. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, and so I just kept feeling this tug on my heart. You know, I love working with young professionals, but kids are my people. And mm. So in this, uh, with this opportunity came up to lead a different organization, a different nonprofit, what's now Ready Kids. And um, that was real early 2021. So again, we were still in the midst of like vaccines were not even available yet. I was engaged again and going through the wedding planning process again and um, lots of change happening 
And it just was such a perfect fit and such a moment of clarity mm. that, uh, you know, that's, that's how I knew this isn't just me wanting something like this is working right, right. in a way that I couldn't design or contrive this. I'm going to trust that this is God. Yeah. Um, and that was really exciting because then I was able to, you know, stay in a leadership role and bring everything I love doing with organizational development and professional development and building a team. Um, but also for the mission of improving outcomes for, for kids. And we work specifically with pre-K kids. So back to my, back to my four-year-olds, uh, yes. my jam. And if uh, my chase wanted to jump on and say hi to Miss Ruthie and Mr. Zach, like yeah, <laughs> totally right. your people. <laughs> that's our people, like that's our friend, yeah. you know? And, um, so I have just been absolutely blessed and amazed every day that not only do I get to do this work of you know, the skill sets that I've come to develop, but this passion that I have for, for kids and helping the kids who need the most help, um, but I also have an incredible team. And so it's just been, um, again, some, I couldn't design it. I couldn't have even prayed for something better as, as far as a like fulfilling worthwhile work. It is, right. it is just really special. And if our listeners aren't, I mean, I think everybody can understand the concept of how important it is for kids to have a solid educational foundation going into their academic career um, in order to prepare them to be able to have a job and contribute to the workforce into the economy. But I don't think people understand the status of Florida schools and our yeah. education program and how Honestly, that is just so bad when you look at national averages. But because um, I don't know, when you took over, was it still at 47% of kindergartners were prepared to read? Well, so when when I started with Ready Kids, we were at, things were a little bit better. We were at 48% okay. um, of kids were ready. So 52% were not ready. It was a little bit more than half of the kids were coming into kindergarten and they test that, you know, within the first 30 days. Right. And we were, um, you know, across the state, we were pretty low. We were like, I think at that point we were like 54, 57 out of 67 counties. Mm -hmm. Um, we're yeah, doing every day. Well, I definitely see it um, on the high priority list for this year's session. And I trust that because of that, that um, there'll be more of a support structure for your team and other teams that are fighting that fight for us. And that's not an easy fight. So thank you. Um, as a um, community person who works for a large, one of the largest employers in this community, and we currently have over 400 open positions, we very much are appreciative of people like you um, who are so invested in the workforce of tomorrow because it matters. And I mean, even when you just think from the perspective of the worth of that child and the ability for that child to be able to take care of themselves and provide and have an affluent life, um, it just, it very much matters. So um, thank you for all that you do in that space. Um, and tell us a little bit, Ruthie, as we kind of head towards our bonus round questions, how can we help um, as people that might not have an educational background? What are some ways that we can help support you and your team? 
Oh, I love that question. Um, so I would say <clears throat> we're in a unique situation with our program that's called Reading Pals, which uh, I would say the number one way you can help is to volunteer and give it your time. And we do have a program that's specifically for pre-K students. And so if we've got local listeners here in Escambia County, um, we train and activate community volunteers to come in and be a reading pal. We match you with a four-year-old in a high-need classroom. And you come once a week and we provide all of the materials. There's puzzles and games and Play-Doh and of course, lots and lots of books. Mm. And, um, and so you develop a relationship. It's a mentoring program that uh, focuses on early literacy skills. But more than anything, we know that the social emotional component of having a mentor yeah. is what benefits these kids. They'll learn along the way, the learning's gonna come. Oh, when you're four, your brain is so busy developing that uh, <laughs> you can't help it, like that's gonna yeah. happen. But the mentor piece is where these kids learn that the, the world outside of maybe just their home and maybe even just their school cares about them and that they do have a community that supports them. And, um, you know, I kind of joke and tell people, you don't have to quit your day job and become a preschool teacher. You can just come once a week and it makes a profound difference in um, these kids' lives. We see it on the day to day when we, you know, see these kids light up when their volunteer comes in. We also see it in their academic progress. Um, there's progress monitoring even in the pre-K year. And we do see that the kids who have a reading pal score higher than the kids who don't. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. So I would say that's number one, is if you have some time or some flexibility in your schedule to do one hour once a week, um, then, you know, check out, we've got a great website, readykidsfl.org. And um, you can learn more about that. Uh, another piece of it is, of course, supporting monetarily, because um, again, we provide all the credentialing and the materials for that program to exist. We also provide materials for families. So kids who aren't in a pre-K program, we're always trying to reach those families because even if they're not in pre-K, they're coming to kindergarten. Yep. And we want them to be as ready as possible. Um, so we provide resources, a lot of times digital resources, trying to meet families where they are and almost everybody has a smartphone. Um, so we do provide those at no cost to the families. Um, so making a financial contribution to Ready Kids helps us just reach more and more people that way. And um, if you're a business and you're interested in sponsoring, that's also an awesome way um, just for the local. Again, like we're here, we're only in Escambia County. There's three of us on this team, um, but we've got over 200 volunteers activated. Wow. And um, one of the ways us and um, the business community supports us is, of course, through sponsorship. And then we love to to brag on our sponsors and, um, you know, just shower them with gratitude and, and make it very publicly known that they do support this, this critically important issue. Uh, they also, our sponsors tend to be the ones who provide the best reading pals. So mm -hmm. if you are an employer um, and you have some flexibility and can allow your employees to take that hour, it's usually not around lunchtime, it's usually in the morning. Um, so to be flexible and say, yes, I support you going and participating in this program, uh, that is just how, how the mission comes to life is being yeah. able to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you. That's um, at least three practical ways that 
our listeners can get involved in helping support your organization. And I mean, if you just want to go love on a kiddo, what a better thing to, you know, better opportunity to be able to do that. So um, definitely encourage you reach out to Ruthie and her team. But um, let's move on to the bonus round questions. Uh, I know you're a coffee drinker. I am. (laughs) That's actually like a hobby, I feel like, of ours. Um, You know, just go get a cup of coffee and chill. But um, what is your go-to? My go-to coffee? Mm -hmm. Oh, Sarah, you're going to be so disappointed in me. Is it black coffee? It's just straight black drip coffee. (laughs) I'm not disappointed because literally, i got to switch up the questions because... I thought that would be like the best question to ask people on a podcast themed around coffee. And everybody says that. I think that it's like the flavor of survival. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I learned, I think it was in grad school to just like, if they're going to be out, if someone runs out of cream or they run out of sugar or they got it wrong or whatever, then like you get what you get and you don't throw fit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yes. I just was like, okay, well, if I just want black coffee, I'm never going to be disappointed if they don't have my mocha sugar-free extra pump or something like that. I will say this, just this past Christmas, did I try a peppermint mocha <gasps> at, in the Christmas season? I had never had one before. Yeah. It was so good. Oh my so gosh. Good. That is my winter seasonal like go-to. Actually, I'm so uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And especially okay. if you can imagine going from black coffee to that, it definitely yeah. was like a dessert and I probably had a sugar crash afterwards, but yeah, oh, it was really good. So yes, I try to make it easy. And uh, what's interesting is my husband is not a coffee drinker. So I had to teach him how to use the coffee maker. Oh my gosh. How did we marry guys that don't like coffee? I'll never understand that. God has a sense of humor. I think that's it. So the good thing is that he doesn't, you know, there's no line in the morning to get to the coffee. There you go. There is a plus. There is a plus. What I often will do now on Saturday mornings is I'll go down to let the dog out and make the coffee. And then I make Jason go bring it to me because he's so scared he's going to mess it up. I'm like, it's, you can't mess it up, but don't worry. I'll fix it. But you still have to go bring it to me. So the sentiment is there. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, like you said, we've got a little baby. So I'm fresh yes. off of like, I was nice and waited on hand and foot through my pregnancy. Of course, I wasn't drinking very much coffee then. But right. um, that I'm happy to say has continued. And so uh, yeah. that will surprise me now. Or at least it, even if it's made, it's just when I come downstairs and I can smell it. I'm all yes. day, I'm like. I love you. This smells like love. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it tastes that way too. But okay. So if you could do like take tomorrow off to do one thing on your bucket list, what would you do? Ooh, one thing on the bucket list. Like money, time, none of that is a factor. Like if you could do anything. Oh gosh. Um, I would head right up to the Arctic Circle and see the Northern Lights. Okay. That's pretty amazing. I would take off. Yeah. I know we live in this beautiful tropical paradise and I love it, but that makes me want to go to places that are very, very different like Colorado. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so I, and I love the cold, which I do not live in the right place for that, but I do. I love the cold. Um, so I want to go 
I want to stay. Have you seen they have those Airbnb? It's like an igloo. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, sign me up. Take me. Away. I will go with you because I cannot see Jason doing that. I'm trying to get him to take me to Stone Mountain to go glamping for my birthday. And he said he would do it, but he's like not super excited about it. So I can oh, imagine no. having a tent made out of ice would be even that much like more of a nightmare for him. So let's plan <laughs> a girl's trip and let's go do it. <laughs> I like that too, because yeah, I married the beach guy who does not like to <laughs> yeah. camp. And I'm the one like, let's go in the woods. And he's like, oh, yeah, I would like to that. see the fan and the multiple pillows and the air mattress. Yeah, like, okay. Too funny. Okay, last bonus round question. If you could sit down and have coffee with any woman in history, who would it be? Audrey Hepburn. Oh, girl. You know. You probably already knew the answer. <laughs> girl. I support yeah. 100%. I Classic. love her. And I know we have bonded yes. uh, immensely over our admiration for Audrey She's been my favorite since I was, you know, memorizing My Fair Lady. I think I was about six or so. Right. And just love, love her. She was so classy, just so beautiful. She's a ballerina. And then, you know, after her acting career, did all that humanitarian work with UNICEF. And mm -hmm. I just really, am, I just embrace her philosophies on things. And um, so technically I was alive before she passed away. But I was a very little kid, so yeah. because I could have maybe met her at some point, but um, I would love to just sit down. She also, you know, like grew up in a time like was escaping World War II and um, just had seen some points in history that I think would just be amazing to hear her stories yeah. and hear some lessons and some uh, fashion tips, please. Oh, girl, please. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, they just don't make them like her anymore, unfortunately. Um, but I totally support, totally feel that. Um, and yeah, again, like the snow igloos um, in the Arctic, like, please just take me with you on this conversation journey with Audrey Hepburn. And that would be great. Um, but Ruthie, I super appreciate you coming on my podcast. And I am sure that it was an inspiration and a blessing to um, some, if not all of our listeners, and I know for a fact that God is just getting started both in your faith journey and in your professional career in shaping the workforce of tomorrow. And I know that many more opportunities exist for you and for your sweet little family and that sweet little girl of yours who is just so cute and chubby. And I just want to squeeze her every time I see her, but <laughs> um, I'm super excited that you're in my life and that God brought you to me. And I have uh, just so many more things I could say, but I will end it there for sake of time. Um, but seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you, Sarah, and for always just speaking so much life into me. And I cannot be more grateful to have such an amazing girlfriend. And I'm so proud of you. This is awesome. I feel so honored to get to come on. And I do. I am with you. I hope that this, you know, is real enough and, and um, messy enough to let people know that like, you know, of course we always see the highlight reel on social media, but God is moving even when we don't know it, even when we are not necessarily aware. <laughs> and yes. so just keep, keep swimming, keep praying. <laughs> 
All right, that's a wrap on episode nine. Episode 10, y'all, is going to be pretty fantastic. And so we'll be posting information about our next guest very soon on my Instagram, which you can follow us at Simply Sharing Sarah on Instagram. We might be working towards a website um, as well as an email address so that you can send recommendations on people that you think should be on the podcast, questions you might have for our guest, in addition to show notes. So all of that sounds super intimidating to me, and I'm quite frankly just working on getting my audio corrected. So we'll see how all of that pans out, but we are in conversations about how we can improve the content in which we provide you to build you as leaders and to build this community of women embracing the mess behind the success of our leadership. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like, share, rate this podcast. And if you feel so inclined, give us a shout out on social media as well um, and share this information with a friend of yours who might feel alone in her leadership journey. Let her know she's not alone. We're all a hot mess, but we're in this together and together we're going to grow out of the mess. So until next time, stay messy. Mm -hmm.